Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is May 13th. Today you guys, we're going to be studying Mosiah chapter 20. Now Mosiah chapter 20 is interesting because in the previous chapter we find out that the priests of Noah have fled. They left their wife and their children behind to be destroyed and they run. And they were chased clear outside of the land of Shemlon. And so this is what happens at the very beginning of chapter 20. It says, Now there was a place in Shemlon where the daughters of the Lamanites did gather themselves together to sing and to dance and to make themselves merry. And it came to pass that there was one day a small number of them gathered together to sing and dance. And now the priests of Noah, being ashamed to return to the city of Nephi, yea, and also fearing that the people should slay them, Therefore, they durst not return to their wives and children. And having tarried in the wilderness, and having discovered the daughters of the Lamanites, they laid and watched them. And when there were but a few of them gathered together to dance, they came forth out of their secret places, and took them, and carried them into the wilderness. Yea, twenty-four of the daughters of the Lamanites they carried into the wilderness." Now, there's something interesting to me here in these verses. It's one of those things that it's not going to lead to your exaltation or anything, but it's just something kind of cool to think about. In ancient Israel, there was a tradition on the 15th day of the fifth month that all the young women would gather together and they would dance and they would make merry. And it was a matrimonial tradition, meaning these young women would go, they would get together, they would dance, they would have fun together, and they would do it for the purpose of the men to come and to see them and to decide who they were going to take to wife. Now, it seems possible to me that these priests of Noah didn't just happen upon the Lamanite women, that perhaps they knew, because maybe it was the 15th day of the fifth month, that these women were going to be there. And so they went specifically with the idea to find them. As it says in verse three, they were ashamed to return to the city of Nephi for their wives and children. And so instead, they went to the land of the Lamanites and they found these daughters of the Lamanites dancing and singing. So now, of course, just like any parents would be, the Lamanites were angry at what had happened. Verse six says, And it came to pass that when the Lamanites found that their daughters had been missing, they were angry with the people of Limhi, for they thought that it was the people of Limhi. Therefore they sent their armies forth, yea, even the king himself went before his people, and they went to the land of Nephi to destroy the people of Limhi. Now, let's remember our timeline here. We had King Benjamin. King Benjamin's son Mosiah became king and sent Ammon out. And Ammon found the people of Limhi, and then began a flashback. And in that flashback, we learned about Zenith, who left the land of Zarahemla. And then we learn about his son, Noah, who became very wicked. Noah's son was Limhi, who Ammon would eventually find. So we're kind of coming back to the end of this flashback. And so the Lamanites were angry with Limhi and his people, but it wasn't Limhi and his people. It was the wicked priests who they had chased out. And so they're about to fill the wrath of the Lamanites for something that they didn't do. And I think that this teaches us such an important lesson about a Christ-like attribute. Because I think if I'm being super honest, the Nephites reacted just like any parents would. Their kids were threatened, something happened to them, and they reacted. 
and I think honestly all of us would. But there's a really important attribute of the Savior called temperance. And temperance has a lot of different definitions. But one of my favorite definitions of temperance is found in a 2009 talk by Elder Watson called Temperate in All Things. And this is how he defines temperance. He says, in a spiritual sense, temperance is a divine attribute of Jesus Christ. He desires each of us to develop this attribute. Learning to be temperate in all things is a spiritual gift available through the Holy Ghost. A temperate soul, one who is humble and full of love, is a person of increased spiritual strength. With increased spiritual strength, we are able to develop self-mastery and to live with moderation. We learn to control our temper, our anger, vanity, and pride. With increased spiritual strength, we can protect ourselves from the dangerous excesses and destructive addictions of today's world. So I like that definition, that temperance is the ability to restrain oneself. It's self-mastery. It's the ability to step back and assess the situation before emotionally responding, which is so hard to do. I am horrible at this. But in this talk, it says that as a gift of the Spirit, this is something that we can pray for and that we can obtain. Temperance is one of the spiritual gifts that my husband has. I have never once seen him emotionally respond in a negative way. In fact, one of the most common questions that people ask me about my husband is if I have ever seen him angry. And honestly, I don't think I have. Even when he stubs his toe, he doesn't even get mad. It's crazy. It's baffling. But it's because he has the spiritual gift of temperance. And a little bit of temperance would have gone a long way for the Lamanite people here. And I can't blame him. Their kids were taken. I would have flown off the handle. But if they could have just taken a step back, showed a little bit of that restraint, of that mastery, they could have rationally approached Limhi and said, hey, what is going on? Why did you take our people? Give them back. But they didn't do that. They responded emotionally. And because of that, there was so much bloodshed. So many people's lives were lost because of that lack of emotional control. So I think it's so important for you and I to learn to exercise temperance in our lives. We all have those moments where we are, for lack of better term, triggered by something, where our first response is to emotionally respond to a situation in anger or frustration or bitterness. But if we are to be like the Savior, we need to learn to be temperate in all things. We need to learn to take a step back to assess our emotions, to assess what's going on, and then to respond in a controlled way. Now, what's amazing is that we actually get to see an example of that here in this chapter from Gideon. Again, Gideon with the awesome attributes. Gideon shows temperance in this situation. So as that last verse said, the Lamanite king rushes into battle with them and he's wounded and the people of Limhi capture him. And he goes before Limhi And Limhi says, what is going on? Why did you attack our people? And the Lamanite king is like, you stole our daughters. And Limhi's like, no, we didn't. But let's take a look at how Gideon responds. 
He could have easily flown off the handle and been like, you came and killed all our people over a lie. This is ridiculous. He could have killed the king right there. There were so many things he could have done in anger and in pride, but he didn't do it. He took a step back. He showed temperance in this moment. And look what happened. In verse 22, Gideon says, Now let us pacify the king, and we fulfill the oath which we have made unto him. For it is better that we should be in bondage than we should lose our lives. Therefore, let us put a stop to the shedding of so much blood. So Gideon is basically saying, hey, let's tell the king what he wants to hear. Let's explain what's going on. And then we'll promise that we will continue in our oath. We will continue to be in bondage. Forget about the fact that they just attacked us for no reason. Forget about the fact that they just killed a ton of our people. We will still keep our oath to them and be in bondage to them. If it means a stop to the shedding of all this blood. Talk about temperance. He was willing to put all the emotion, all the anger, all the pride aside and agree to be in bondage to these people who just slayed them because he wanted to spare lives, because he wanted to end the shedding of blood. What an incredible example of temperance. President Benson once gave a talk called Godly Characteristics, and in that he said, Temperance means being restrained in your emotions and verbal expressions. You are the master of your emotions, not the other way around. Truly, Christ was the perfect example of temperance, especially in those last few days of his life. All the times when he could have spoken up, lashed out, been angry, been frustrated. Instead, he looked outward. Instead, he taught. Instead, he blessed. And instead, he thought of others. My friends, this is an attribute that I think for most is extremely difficult to master. But I testify that we can obtain spiritual gifts as we diligently seek them and pray for them. And the gift of temperance is no exception. Thank you so much for listening today. This has been Come Follow Me Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.